flip it up. Um, God was doing unusual miracles through Paul. Even the small towels and aprons that had touched his skin were taken to the sick, and their diseases were cured, and the evil spirits left them. There were some Jews who traveled around throwing out evil spirits. They tried to use the power of the name of the Lord Jesus against some people with evil spirits. They said, In the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you. The seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. The evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I'm familiar with Paul, but who are you? The person who had an evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them, all with such force that they ran out of the house naked and wounded. This became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Euphus. I don't know. Everyone was seized with fear, and they held the name of the Lord Jesus in the highest regard. Many of those who had come to believe came, confessing their past practices. This included a number of people who practiced sorcery. They collected their sorcery texts and burned them publicly. The value of those materials was calculated at more than some might fake if they worked for 165 years. In this way, the Lord's word grew abundantly and strengthened powerfully. All right. Very good, Ariana. Thank you. There you go. You get some candy today. See? That's what happens when you get the week when there's candy to give out. It's a long passage to memorize. Good job. (laughs) Thank you. The end of April, we, we had the final installment on a series of movies that were 20, 22 movies long. They started in 2008 with the superhero Iron Man coming to the big screen. It ended with the entire Marvel Universe fighting to save the world in Avengers Endgame that came out at the end of April. As I've watched all the movies, and I have watched all of them because they're fun, and I've, but as I've watched them, I've noticed that each movie has its own theme. You can guess what's going to happen in each movie. So whether you don't care about the movie, so you never watched them, you haven't had the time to watch them or whatever, I'm about to give you a little spoiler of what happens in these movies. Okay, you ready? Each movie starts with a person who's a good guy. Okay, and, and, and set up as a good guy. Some of these guys aren't morally good. They're just good people. Um, and they, through some activity, gain some kind of power, some kind of ability then they must figure out how to use that power, that ability that they've been given. In most cases, they decide they need to use that power or ability for the good of, of humanity. And then, to make the story come around, there comes a point where an evil person comes along. And that evil person decides they want that power or that ability for their own selfish purposes. And then you have the whole movie, and they go through, and they fight, and blah, 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 and the good people win. Okay, there it is. I just saved you a lot of time and a lot of money if you haven't seen those movies before. There it all is. I, did I leave anything out, Luke? Is that pretty much, that's pretty much it, right? Okay, makes sense. The question of power is very important in our lives, though. And that's what we see in the Marvel movies with the superheroes, and, and we see all the imagination that can come from that. But the power, the, the idea of power is very important. When you are given power... How are you going to use that power? And that is the most important question. If you were given a power or ability to do anything in your life, how would you use it? What would you do with it? How would it show? Would you be willing to gain some of that power or would you want to give it away? What would it be worth to you to have that power? 
Be careful as you think about your answers, because as we know from Spider-Man's Uncle Ben, with great power comes great responsibility. And so when we are given power, we have to be careful how we use it and what we use it for. As we continue through the book of Acts, in our series, Be the Church, we come across a passage that an incredible amount of power is being talked about. We have a passage that, that there is some important power that is given to the people that some are trying to use improperly. And so as they use it improperly, they find out that um, you can't use it that way. This is kind of a takeoff from last, last week. It's a continuation of last week's sermon in a bit because, because it's still Paul, and it's still Paul in Ephesus. And, and being in Ephesus, Paul last week had talked to some disciples and shared with them about receiving forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And then through receiving forgiveness through Jesus Christ, they were baptized and the Holy Spirit was brought to them. And then they believed and, and they did some great things. We kind of continue on from that because in this series, as Paul has done with them, he stays in Ephesus for a while, I believe it's a couple years, and he stays there continuing to teach and to preach. And, and some great things happen because of, of the Holy Spirit empowering Paul, and, and then Paul's able to do some great things. Just kind of a reminder about the city of Ephesus. Ephesus is a city unlike any of the others because it contains a huge amount of people who believe and practice magic of various types. This city revolves around the occult, and it has many who use magical texts, spell books, amulets, and much more to try to summon demons and try to summon extracurricular spiritual things around them. Anytime someone would be in town and reveal a special power or ability, people would flock to them in hopes that this was the latest person who could bring them good luck and bring them fortune and, and fame and that kind of thing. And so they were hungry and starving for something spiritual that was whole and that was lasting. And so that's the environment that Paul finds himself in. That now Paul, full of the Holy Spirit, is there. And we see in verse 11, we see at the very beginning of it, God was doing unusual miracles through Paul to get the attention of the people of Ephesus. We don't know what those unusual miracles are. We don't know what was said there. Um, we just know that they were some great miracles. And when you are in a city that is, that is built on magic and spells and, and looking at things that are not of Christ and not of God, then, then some great things have to happen to just show them that there is something more powerful than that magic that they are believing in. And so we have that. But we, but we have, when we look at Scripture and we look at the past, we see that, that God does some unusual miracles in many different ways. If you remember back in Acts chapter 5, Peter heals some people, and he heals them in a very interesting way. It says, They would even bring the sick out into the main streets and lay them on cots and mats so that at least Peter's shadow could fall on some of them as he passed by. Even large numbers of persons from towns around Jerusalem would gather, bringing the sick and those harassed by unclean spirits, and everyone was healed. And so God even used... Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, used them to have his shadow cast on people to heal them. We see in the Old Testament a very interesting story that, that probably isn't shared a whole lot, but in Second Kings we read, Now it happened once that while a man was being buried, the people at the funeral suddenly saw a raiding party. They threw the body into Elisha's tomb and ran off. When the body touched Elisha's bones, the man came to life and stood up on his feet. And so God even uses Elisha and the power that was going through Elisha and his bones that were left in the tomb to heal. 
We even saw, saw this with Jesus in his life as he was going around teaching and preaching and sharing with people. We see in Mark 5 a woman who suffered from bleeding for 12 years, who was desperate, who had gone to all these doctors and all these other magicians and everyone else to try to find healing and actually found herself worse. And all she does is she goes up and she touches the cloak of Jesus, the hem of his garment in Mark 5. Because she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothes. She was thinking, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Her bleeding stopped immediately, and she sensed, her bo- she sensed in her body that her illness had been healed. There's no explanation in Acts 19 of what all God is doing through Paul. But we can imagine with just these few examples that, that when we use the word, and, and I, I wanted to look back, God was doing unusual miracles, it says. When we can look at Scripture and see examples of other miracles, we can only begin to imagine the power that is coming from Paul to do something that is entitled unusual miracles. But the great news is that it doesn't just happen in the book of, in the, in the Bibles as we read it. It's not just something that's a part of our history, but God in his power does some great things for us and heals us of great things or, or helps us through some tough times. And so I wanted to, to give an opportunity this morning before I move past this part of my message to give anyone a chance to testify to how has God revealed his power in your life. And, and some of you got the email earlier this week and a Facebook message to warn you, so I was hoping some would be prepared. If there's anyone who'd like to just stand where you are, I'll bring you the microphone. Anyone who has a word of testimony about God's goodness and God's power in your life. Yeah, I'm Dorothy. Um, tomorrow I should be moving into Sierra um, Hills Senior Citizen Place. I was homeless, but now I have a place to go. Thank be to God. <coughs> Thank you. There you go. Um, a year and a half ago, I was diagnosed with ARDS and basically terminal. And through the grace of God and the prayers of the city of Charles City and Floyd County and friends all over the country, quite frankly, the Lord um, took mercy on me and my family. And um, I woke up from a coma, and I'm here today and still recovering, but I'm so doing so much better than not being able to even touch my nose. So I'm praising him for that. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just keep looking back. Okay. Um, I can't speak for 20 minutes because I don't have something prepared. But um, praise God. I praise God for being a part of this church. Uh, I was teaching Sunday school this morning, and and I said, why, why do you do things in the church? Um, because I am loved. That's why I do things here. Because I am loved. And that's what the church does for me. And I know he can do for you too. Praise God.
Um, I'm learning a lot about faith and a lot about trust. And right now that's coming from my job, um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, I think God works in a lot of areas of our life that we just kind of don't think about. Um, At work we have a certain amount of hours that we have to get each week. And a lot of times, because the nature of my job... I'm not always getting those hours. And my supervisor one day says, you got to quit trusting yourself and you got to start trusting God. You got to quit counting your hours. You got to quit worrying about it. And I did. And since that happened about two months ago, I've not had any problems getting more hours than I can handle. You know? (laughs) And that's just another example of how God works in our lives in ways we don't even think about. Okay, um, most of you guys know me. Um, I actually uh, have suffered from severe PTSD since I was about as old as I can remember. <laughs> um, and for like the past like six years, I think, I've actually been looking into getting a service dog for it. And actually this past February or January, um, it actually all started taking action. I have my dog now, still working on getting her trained, so that was a big... That was helpful so yeah anybody else this morning I have to speak now do I have to speak close to this or okay okay is this can you hear me Uh, Easter Sunday was such a blessing I've waited and waited and waited to go to Denver to be with my granddaughters and my son and family and my beautiful little two-year-old great-grandson. And I witnessed the most tremendous blessing, the churches they're attending and the classes they're teaching or in, plus the baby, two years old. He goes to class, and as soon as we get to church, he sees all his buddies. They take hands, and they go to class. Blessing beyond blessing. And I thank you because I see him in these little ones that you pray over every Sunday. And I thank you so much, Pastor Joe. Anybody else? All right, thank you for those, those nice words, and great to hear how, how God works through our lives. One of the things that God knows, because he, he created us, is that we, we suffer from one problem, and, and we all suffer from the same problem, and it's a result of sin, I believe. It has to be a result of sin more than any other. It is the, it is the syndrome of, what have you done for me lately? And so we need to have these opportunities where we share, and we need to have, have things put together where we have to remind ourselves and remind each other of what God has done in our life. And, and, and we have those times where, where we need to have plaques or we have different things set up that, that remind us of what has happened in the past and how God has worked in the past and, and how different things happen. I, 
When we lived in Pennsylvania, we, we, we were able to go and see a lot of the history of our country right around there from Philadelphia to New York City to Washington, D.C. And, and everything. And, and there's plaques and monuments everywhere because we have to remind ourselves of those things. Well, the most interesting place that we went, um, in, in my account, and I just remember this for the day itself, we spent one day in Gettysburg. And if you've never been to Gettysburg Battlefield, it, it is quite the sight. If you remember, it's the largest battle and the turning point of the Civil War battle. There are over 1,300 monuments and signs inside this about five-mile area of Battlefield. If you want to take the time to read every monument, if you want to take the time to look at every sign, you'll be there for days and days and days um, with that many as you can. As you can uh, fortunately, what you can do, though, is you go there and, and at the National Park Ranger Station, they have a three-hour audio tour that you can take. And you put the CD in your car and it highlights all the major things to see and, and tells you to stop when you can. And, uh, and we, we did pretty good. We did pretty good with that three-hour tour. We were with Christy's parents, and uh, we did it in five hours, so it wasn't too bad. Um, but, but it takes a lot of time, and it just reminds me that we have to have those times to remind ourselves of the things. God understands that about us. He understands that we need to be reminded, and we have to have mementos and, and things that, that kind of help refresh our memories if you remember back when the, the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness and God had 10 important things he wanted them to remember, what did he do? He didn't just tell them. He put them on stone tablets. And then Moses got mad and broke them, and so he had to do it again. But, but that's another problem. But, but he put them on tablets. When the people crossed the Jordan River into the Promised Land, what did he have them do? He had them take 12 stones out of the middle of, of the dry bed riverbed and put them on the side as a, a reminder of God's faithfulness, bring him to the promised land. And so it's no wonder that in these verses today, we see that Paul is doing some great miracles. He's doing some unusual things. And it's because of that, that all of a sudden people are trying to take mementos. They're trying to take things to, to remember the time by. And the Holy Spirit is so full of, in, inside of Paul that he's able to do those things and able to take them on. And in, Acts, and in verse 12 of our passage today, we read, Even the small towels and aprons that had touched his skin were taken to the sick, and their diseases were cured, and the evil spirits left them. The power of God, the Holy Spirit, was so full in Paul that, that these people were taking his handkerchiefs that he was wiping his brow of his head with. Um, it says apron. It probably was, was a satchel or, or a le- piece of leather that he was wearing that he held his leather-making tools in because you remember he, he worked on, on the side. And so it was probably stuff like that that had touched him that the people had then taken and, and they wanted to remember their time with Paul. And so they, they had taken him to be a reminder and and, and a side effect was the Holy Spirit was still full and that, that, that people had touched them who hadn't even been there were being healed as well. And so we, we kind of get that, that impression and that, that excitement of what the Holy Spirit is doing through Paul. We read about that in the book of Acts and other spots, and we read about it through the Gospels and through the rest of the New Testament of how God works and how, how much power there is in the name of Jesus the power that comes from the name of Jesus as we preach and proclaim the gospel story to people around us. It's important that when we accept Jesus into our life and receive the Holy Spirit, Spirit that we are his witnesses. It is important that as we are filled with power and we're filled with that energy that comes with being a follower of Christ, that we use that to, to benefit those around us, 
to not just be about me and about what I want. It's going back to the beginning. It's about us being the good, the good person in a Marvel movie. It's using those powers we've gotten for the betterment of those around us instead of holding on to it for our own selfish purpose. But sadly, some people misunderstand the power that comes with Jesus. Some people were watching Paul, and they misunderstood the power that he had received, and so they wanted to have a share of that power, and they wanted to use it for their own personal gain and their own personal fame and, and money. We, we have seen this before in the book of Acts, haven't we? We saw it back in Acts chapter 8. Simon the sorcerer, he saw Peter and the other apostles healing people and preaching boldly in, in Jesus' name and through the Holy Spirit that he decided he wanted some of that for himself. Acts eight nineteen, Give me this authority too so that anyone on whom I lay my hands will receive the Holy Spirit. This request was meant for, meant for good reasons and was, was meant not for good reasons, so Peter has to rebuke him, and Peter has to be very stern with him and straight with him because this is a very selfish request that Simon saw something great happening, and he wanted a piece of that power. And so he, Peter replies to him in verse 22, change your heart and life, turn from your wickedness, Play, please, <laughs> please, I'm sorry, Where did I, plead with the Lord in the hope that your wicked intent can be forgiven. Peter had to use some holy anger here, some, some frustration with him to, to let him know and get the point across that you are using this and you are wanting this for the wrong reasons and it's time for you to change your ways or else it never will happen. It's no wonder that Paul comes across something very similar in Ephesus, though. It's no wonder that, that again, Paul is preaching and the Holy Spirit is filling him and he's preaching in the name of Jesus and people are watching, and especially in Ephesus where they're all looking for spells and magic and stuff through the occult that is not of God. And they, they, they are trying then to capitalize on it. And they're trying to get to a point where, where they can then do those magical things and, and get some fame for themselves. But what was funny is we get to the point where, where they, they come and they, they try to share these, these seven sons of Sceva. They come and they, they try to, to heal someone and they try to cast out demons. And they say, in the, you know, what do they say? In the name of, of the Jesus who Paul preaches, come out. And the, and the demon is kind of like, who are you? Who are you? Have you ever been there where you thought you knew a little bit more? You thought you knew someone you didn't, and, uh, and you thought it'd be, it would be, and you go to talk to them, and they're kind of like, who are you? I remember a few years ago, I was at a, at a conference of, of some kind, and, and, I, and I met someone who was kind of like a spiritual mentor to me. And, and so I talked to him for a while at the conference, introduced myself to him, and, uh, and, and just talked about how he had impacted my life, and, and we had a good conversation and then the next morning, I see him again at breakfast, and I'm like, hey, how are you doing? And he acts like he never even talked to me before. Kind of like, who are you? What are you doing? And, uh, and, so, and so it kind of shocks you a little bit. You thought you had someone, and you thought you knew, and, and then they just they don't even recognize you. So these guys are full of the Spirit, and they think they're doing something. They're not full of the Spirit. They're, they're full of themselves, and they think they're doing something that, that God has for them. And the demon says, I don't even know who you are. I don't even know who you are. Acts 19, verses 13 and 15 and 16 is where we see this interject, intersection, um, interaction. They said, in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you. The evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I'm familiar with Paul, but who are you? 
The person who had an evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them, all with such force that they ran out of that house naked and wounded. Okay? I don't know about you, but that's hilarious. Okay? It's okay to laugh at parts of the Bible. That is hilarious. One guy, okay, he's filled with an evil spirit, which we know when people are filled with an evil spirit, they do, they do tend to have kind of sub, superhuman strength or whatever. But one guy jumps all seven of them at the same time. And what does he do? He overpowers them. He beats them up and he strips them of their clothing. Now, most likely in the Bible, when it says they ran away naked, what, what they meant is they just had their undergarments on. Um, that usually it was their outer tunic stuff that, that they had to wear in public, that usually that had been torn away. And, but still, even with that, okay, they ran off in their holy underwear, whatever. It's still hilarious to look at this. And he goes, I don't even know you. And to show I don't even know you, I respect you, then here you go, I'm beating you up. One guy over seven of them. They learned a very valuable lesson. And they learned a very, very valuable lesson that we need to learn. That, that when we receive Christ into our life and we receive the Holy Spirit, we are given power and we're given strength. But we're called to serve like Jesus served, to follow the example of Christ, to be humble servants and not use that power to, to overthrow others or, or use that power to bring down other people or, or, or to make us look better and be better. But we're called to be humble and to be a servant like Christ was a servant for us. And in Philippians chapter 2, we have that beautiful Christ hymn that Paul writes. And, and I'm not going to read that right now, but, but look that up if you haven't before. But we talk, it talks about how Christ humbled himself to be a servant. And then because of that, God, his Father, rose, raised him up above all so that the name of Jesus, the powerful name of Jesus. And so there is a wonderful power in the name of Jesus that when we are filled with him and filled with the Spirit, we have that power to be in our lives and that power provides us with, with many things. And so I wanted to run through a few of those things for you today. The first thing we see is salvation. The name and blood of Jesus grants us the forgiveness of our sins. If we pray to God through his name and ask for forgiveness of our sins, then we will be forgiven. We receive that forgiveness. This provides a peace and reconciliation with God that sin has created that separation and so we're able to get back on track and start a new spiritual journey with God because of the salvation that is found through Jesus, through the powerful name of Jesus. Colossians 1.14, Paul reminds us, he sets us free through the Son and forgave our sins. The second thing we have is we have deliverance. The name of Jesus delivers us from the power of the evil one. Those sins of our past those addictions we've been dealing with, those things that have been trying to pull us down and keep us from following God, they have no power over the name of Jesus. That when we call on the name of Jesus, that we have a right and we have the, the power in us then to be able to overcome those things. Those strongholds can't keep us down. Sadly, though, some of those strongholds take a while to get over. And so don't be, don't be upset if you call on Jesus and ask him to help you overcome something. Especially, I always like to think, I think in some cases, some people have been dealing with an addiction for years and years and years and years. You've been following Jesus for one day. <laughs> it takes time to overcome some of those things. And so, and so with the power of Jesus, you will slowly begin to over, overcome those addictions. It doesn't always happen in an instant. In Philippians 2.10, we're reminded, so that at the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven, on earth, and under the earth might bow 
at the name of Jesus. And so we have that deliverance available to us as we tap into it and as we keep working on it and keep allowing it to be part of our life. The third thing we have is we find strength. The name of Jesus guides us to the Father who provides us with the strength to overcome anything that comes our way. Remember, as a Christian, we're not promised to be in a holy bubble and, and, and life isn't going to be great and happy all the time. We have our ups and our downs in life. We have our hardships. We have our trials. We have our tests. But when we call in the name of Jesus, we're given the strength to help get through those times that we're able to get past all those things in us. Colossians 1.11, being strengthened through his glorious might so that you endure everything. We'll be strengthened so we can endure everything. And then Proverbs 18.10, the Lord's name is a strong tower. The righteous run, run to it and find refuge. So we can find that strength that we need to get through the ups and the downs of life. The fourth area we have is that the powerful name of Jesus fulfills our needs. We like to remind kids, don't we, that there's a difference between a want and a need, right? You you don't need that candy bar. You want that candy bar, right? You don't need that toy, Griffin. You want that toy. Life will go on if you don't own that video game, right? (laughs) It will. Um, I believe God treats us the same way. I believe that God says, I will meet your needs. And there's a difference between some of the things we think we want and what we need. And he helps sort that out for us. In John 16, 23, we do read these words of Jesus. I assure you that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. God knows our deepest needs. He knows, he knows what it will take to help us get through the th- trials we're getting through, to help us survive and to live this life. And so when we pray to him, he knows and he will supply those needs And he'll supply them when we need those needs, too. That sometimes we think we need them and we think we're desperate for it. And God says, no, you you got it. You can hold on just a little bit longer. But the power of Jesus' name provides fulfillment. The fifth thing we see is that it enables us to share love. Paul instructs us to do everything that we do for the love of God. That everything that we say, everything that we do, the ways that we act, the ways that we work, the things that come out of our mouth, all those things need to reflect God's love. And on our own, it's hard to do that all the time. On our own, we get sleep deprived. On our own, we get grumpy. On our own, we have bad days. On our own, things happen. But with the, spirit, with the power of Jesus in our life, we're able to overcome those moments and be able to be who God calls us to be. We're not 100% perfect at it. Eh, I know I'm not. But we continue to work at it, and the power enables us to continue to share so that we can follow this advice of, of Paul to the Colossians in, verse th- in chapter 3. Whatever you do, whether in speech or action, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. We've talked about this through this whole series in the book of Acts since January. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. We get power in the name of the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses, to share his love, to do the things that we think we can't do because we can't on our own. But the power in his love enables us to be able to share. The sixth and final thing that I wanted to share today with this is that the power of the name of Jesus provides us a hope for the future. Jesus reveals himself to be the hope of our future, that those who believe in Jesus know that, that this earth is not all there is, that this is not all there has to be. Right? And what a wonderful message we were able to share that. Dennis said at, at Barbara's service on, on, on Monday morning, 
those of us that were there, we were able to share the fact that Barbara believed in Jesus and that, and that we say goodbye to the earthly form, but we know that she is celebrating with Jesus and, and we know that if we celebrate in Jesus' name that we have the hope to be reunited and it's because of the power of Jesus and what he has done for us. Jesus reminds us in Revelation 1, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, the one who is and was and is coming, the Almighty. Then a, a few verses later, he says, Don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last and the living one. I was dead, but look, now I'm alive forever and always. I have the keys of death and the grave. Jesus, in the powerful name of Jesus, when we call on him, we have that hope. We have that power because he's already done it. He's already gone ahead of us. He, he died on the cross for us. He defeated death, and then he rose again, and now he sits at the Father's right hand, and he's talking us up. He's telling the Father, look at my servants. Look at what they're doing. And he's preparing a place for us to join and be there with those who have gone on before us. We have a great hope for the future that when we die, that's not all there is. It's not over. But there is something everlasting for eternity for us to be there. And he is waiting for us. And he gives us that hope. For our reflection time this morning, we're going to sing a song that kind of reminds us of the power of his name, the power that Jesus holds in his name, The mountains shake before him, the demons run and flee, at the mention of the name, King of Majesty. There is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I Am. So let today's passage just be kind of a reminder and kind of a warning to you. Remember that that there is great power in the name of Jesus, and we're called we're called and we have the ability to use it when we believe in his name, but we're called to use it in ways to help and to build up and to serve and to be the humble servant like Jesus was. So maybe it's time for some of us to come and pray and, and talk to him during reflection time saying, God, I, I, haven't, I haven't done what I'm supposed to do. Help me to have more of your power in my life to help encourage me and help me to encourage others and build up others. Help me to be filled with your spirit and have that power available. Maybe for someone it's the first time you've done it, so you need to come and pray and ask for God's forgiveness of your sin in your life. And you need to just say, say, God, forgive me my sins and help me to receive your power so I can start on that journey. Maybe some of you realize you've been using the power of, of Jesus in the wrong way. You've used it to bring other people down, to make others feel bad, to make others, to just to tear them down. And so maybe you need to just ask for forgiveness and ask God to correct your way and correct the, the way that you are going so that you can be that servant that God has called you to be, to use the power of Jesus that you have access to, to use it in the way that he wants you to use it, in the way he's called you to use it. Whatever way God is speaking to you this morning, feel free if you want to come and pray at the altars or pray where we're at or just stand and sing this song as, a, as an anthem for your prayer this morning. Whatever way, feel free to, to respond and after it's over, I will lead us in our time of prayer.